everyone, it's Sandy Cruz from Sandy K Nutrition, health and lifestyle queen. And I'm here to show you that balanced living works. This is especially for all you ladies over 40. We will cover a range of exciting topics with many special guests and I really look forward to this season. Bye for now. Hi everyone, welcome to Sandy K Nutrition Health and Lifestyle Queen. Today with me, I have Dr. Allison Snowden, and she is a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. She is a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist, and she is a Theta Healing teacher. Today we're going to talk all about Theta Healing, and we actually tried, so today... I'm recording this one week before the actual episode releases. I usually record my preambles a little closer to the release time. And we did do a Theta Healing Session live on Instagram. There were a lot of people who were like, oh, what is this? What is this Theta Healing? And the funny thing is, somehow it was flagged and it didn't allow me to post it. So if you were there and saw it live, I guess, you know, it put me in a pretty vulnerable position. But you're going to actually hear more about her story and what she does and what Theta Healing actually is. So I'm not going to spoil it. Just listen to the whole episode. This is going to be my last episode for 2022. And I, unless, you know, I get bored over the holidays and decide to record something on my own, which is entirely possible, I will be back on January the 9th. And at that point, I will be 53. Yes, I'm actually turning 53 on January the 6th. So I'll be celebrating my birthday, Christmas, New Year, all of the fun things during this time that I'm taking a couple of weeks off. And I am also still recruiting those of you. I know the way this works. You're going to come knocking on my door after the new year and you'll be like, I feel like crap. I've gained whatever, however many pounds. My waist is expanding. Please help me. And I am starting my very first longevity biohacking metabolic balance group. For this group only, you're going to get all kinds of coaching in longevity and biohacking, therapeutic grade supplements, and how to just kind of take control of your own metabolic health. This is usually a pretty big deal, and it was a big deal for me. I did go through the program myself. So if you want in, send me an email, sandy at sandyknutrition.ca, and I will send you the details. If you listen to this podcast on Audible or on Spotify, please do give me some ratings, some reviews there, because I have some pretty great reviews on Apple, but not many on the other platforms. So if you use a different platform to listen to my podcast, 
please take a moment and rate and review. And of course, I'm going to say share my podcast. Go and follow me on Instagram. I'm most active there. I'm also on Facebook. Join my private Facebook group. It is Sandy K Nutrition Health and Lifestyle Queen podcast. I go on live. I try and go on live once a week. And I also have a page, just Sandy K Nutrition. I'm on TikTok. I'm kind of everywhere. Twitter, Pinterest, you name it. Definitely go and follow me wherever you are most active. Now with that, I'm going to give you all a special wish from me. I want to thank you all for listening to my podcast. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys who are really, really loyal listeners. Without you guys, I wouldn't be heading into my third year come February, March. And I appreciate you so, so much. I wish you and your families and your friends a very, very Merry Christmas. Whether or not you celebrate, I wish you all the best. And I wish you only health, love, and happiness for 2023. And now I'm going to cut on through to this amazing interview with Dr. Allison Snowden. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sandy K Nutrition, Health and Lifestyle Queen. Today with me, I have Dr. Allison Snowden. And Dr. Snowden is a doctor of Chinese medicine and a Theta healing expert. She's a renowned healer, a coach, a medical intuitive, and a Theta healing expert for over 15 years. And so she's seen thousands of clients and students from all around the world. Dr. Snowden trains other healers and medical professionals through her signature programs and courses within the Awakening Institute. And today we're going to talk about trauma. And I actually just met and I meet most of the people, not everyone, but a lot of people through Instagram. And she really just resonated with me. I love her Instagram page and I connected with her and I am just so happy to welcome you today, Allison. Thank you so much. I love having conversations with other healers, speakers, and thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to talk to you because I feel you have first a really interesting story and background, and I know it, but I would love for you to talk about it with the audience. Perfect. So um, some people ask me how I, you know, came into my profession, and I really feel like it is just a part of me. Um, I was born into a medical family, and I feel like I was a healer from the start. Um, My dad is a gynecologist. My mother is a nurse. And I'm one of four kids. And my adventure into healing and also the healing industry started young. So um, my sister had cancer when I was little. And um, I got to witness all of her treatments. Um, I got to witness um, for about 10 years, she went through chemo. She, she went through chemo. 
um, was, you know, cancer free and then struggled a lot. And so that was, that had a huge impact on me. Um, I saw a lot of people judging my sister for being sick when they couldn't figure out what was happening. Um, I started at a young age putting hands on her, my hands on her to send her healing energy. Um, I can remember telling my parents to get out of her hospital room because um, I wanted to, you know, have her breathe deep. So this has just been in me. And um, when my own personal healing awakening experience, because many of us go through a spiritual awakening through trauma and then also through some life event. This mm-hmm. is the human condition, right? Mm-hmm. And mine was at a very young age. I was 15 and I was on vacation in Mexico and I was assaulted and run over by a motorcycle. So I was by myself. um, And with that, I was declared dead at the scene. They arrested a man for killing me. And in that space um, where I was not in my body, I had a near-death experience. And so I had this huge spiritual experience where I got to see myself as just this energy being. And so I had this whole spiritual awakening um, and uh, a lot of different things came to me. A lot of different um, downloads came. The, the big thing, and, you know, I have, I have a whole hour long video on that event if you're um, if your viewers want to go in detail with that, but with that is just this overwhelming sense of love and death was not painful. I mean, I, it was a very violent death. I, I healing that was painful, but the actual event of dying was extremely beautiful. Death on the other side is beautiful, all love. And, um, I felt like I was just up there forever, you know, cause there is no time And the main message that I got was, this is who we all are, is this energy of love. And uh, the point of life is to love yourself and love others. And I had this feeling like I had, I was already going to go back into my body. And so as I was going back into my body, um, this you know, if it was, if it was God, if it was this divine consciousness said, um, bring this down to earth, bring this energy down to earth. And I was like, how am I supposed to do that? Like, so that's been in my background. So after that happened, that was in 1999. Um, I spent two and a half years in and out of surgeries. Uh, I, you know, had about 10, uh, the first two years and then have had several after, Um, and it was, uh, I was just trying to heal. I, you know, wrap, uh, shattered my mandible. Um, my humerus was in, you know, 20 pieces. My ribs were broken. My pubis and ischium, uh, were broken in four different places. And then my left tibia. So that's your lower leg was a double compound fracture rupturing the tibial artery. So, um, yeah, like I, it took, I was a very healthy, athletic girl, uh, uh, very competitive in horseback riding, and so it completely shifted my um, my life, and it became my mission. So I say that you know, 
when you're 16, almost 16 years old, it was a month before my 16th birthday, you know, you're looking, you know, I had all these dreams and it just came to a halt. And my new dream was to be pain free. And I really didn't realize that for another 10 years. Mm. So I became, it became very personal um, because I went through all of the doctors, pain medicine doctors. I went to my orthopedist, which was a close family friend. He was like, Allison, you just have to, you know, you're lucky to be alive. Like I've never seen a person with shattered bones like this that has zero um, internal damage. I had a concussion, but you know, like I really didn't have any brain damage. My IQ stayed the same. I, you know, I had symptoms of a concussion. Um, but he was just like, you're going to be in pain the rest of your life. Just accept it. And I was like, no, Mm. I'm not. And that spiritual experience of that unconditional love and that possibility, um, just really cemented in my heart that anything's possible and anything's possible with that energy and with that intent. And so when I was young, when I was bedridden, I would visualize myself running and being pain-free. And I would just rehearse this in my brain when I was, you know, trying to fall asleep, but I was in so much pain. I was, I, I knew it was going to happen. And it took, and this is before, like, Joe Dispenza has a story like mine. Um, This is before all of his stuff came up. And so it just came very naturally to me. I'm like, I know this is possible. And I just used my imagination. And I started to use my imagination um, to my body and sending it healing energy while I was recovering. Um, And so I, you know, finally healed all of my, um, broken bones. Um, but then I just had chronic pain and then I had trauma cycle, you know, trauma from that. Um, so my mission has been really how to help, how to heal myself and then also how to help others heal. So, um, I've been at this for a long time. I got my, um, undergrad in psych. I did massage therapy, did Reiki training, started doing that, then went to graduate school, got my master's for your master's, then got my doctorate in Chinese medicine and kept on getting certified in these mind body techniques. And, um, my favorite of them is beta healing, the most powerful healing I've had, um, you know, for myself is through theta healing Mm -hmm. and, and that's, that's, and now, um, that's, that's what I practice and that's what I teach. Uh, so I kind of, I retired the acupuncture functional medicine part because I really felt like my sole mission is to really spread this technique and make people aware of it for their own healing. And then also train other providers that can help people. So that's my sole mission is really bringing that love consciousness and healing technology and my and healing presence to people. Because my whole thing was, is I had this beautiful spiritual experience. I survived. However, what is the point? My thing was, what's the point of living if I'm in constant physical pain? Yes. If I'm constantly emotionally flashbacking to my trauma and I wanted to heal so bad. I wanted to heal so bad and things would help. And then I would go backwards. Um, 
And part of part of healing major trauma or healing anything is persistence. And I definitely like have that. Like yes. I'm like, I don't care how long it takes, I'm gonna get there. Yeah. And so my I'm I've always been a patient first. You know, I and I feel like that really sets me apart from a lot of providers because I started out as a patient. I experienced amazing doctors. I've experienced doctors that have been very negative, have gaslit me, you know, so I, I come from that framework and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's my, it's my story. And right now I'm, I'm pain free. Oh, that's amazing. Um, And I, I really, um, a lot of a lot of physical pain what i find so chronic pain is something that i've treated for a while and there's obviously structural issues to chronic pain however you know emotional pain causes pain oh i i agree it's like what we were talking about before about how functional medicine misses that one really important component and that is dealing with the trauma right yes And it's interesting when we were talking about that, but I think, you know, I think it's really important to just outline what is trauma? Like, do we have trauma? Because I talk about it. I'm not a trauma healer, but I believe in everything that many trauma healers do. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, okay, do we, what is it? it? Do we always have trauma? Like, you know, does it, does it happen throughout life? You know, you know, with trauma, it's, here's the thing is one of the definitions I like about trauma is something that is too fast, too much that overwhelms our nervous system. And it puts us in a state of helplessness, powerlessness, Mm. and inability to cope. Yes. Um, and so here's the thing is, is that most people, when I say trauma, you know, you hear my story, I was like sexually assaulted and then thrown out in the street and run over and, you know, died. That's obviously a big T. That's huge. The thing, the thing though here is that, is that, you know, accidents, rape, war, um, you know, having a loved one die, these are major you know, traumas, losing a child, losing a best friend, having a major medical diagnosis. This is traumatic. Having living with an addiction, which is also associated with trauma or being or loving someone with an addiction. So all of these are trauma. Also, I want to say that a lot of traumas are, you know, little T's too. So little T's are different things like you know, maybe not getting your needs met when you were younger. Um, we were talking about um, the ACE study, and mm-hmm. and I always encourage my clients and students and also your viewers to do their own research so you guys can go in and Google the ACE study. And it's a beautiful, huge study that shows that attempts to categorize major life um, adverse effects events from from children and if you experienced these things um they you know marked you and then they did this whole study on how that affected your physical health and so it was one of the it's one of the most robust studies um 
that demonstrates the correlation between early childhood trauma adverse effects and chronic disease. Now, in functional medicine, we're always talking about, oh, it's the food, it's, you know, um, it's lifestyle. And I definitely agree with that. With that said, this study is a major piece that just says, you know, what happened to you when you were younger affects your nervous system. And this has consequences that plays out during your life. So if you have multiple adverse events happening when you're little, so say, you know, I don't, I haven't memorized the whole list of the ACE study, but guess what? The ACE study doesn't include being bullied at school, you know, Mm. or I had a coach that was a, my horseback riding coach was emotionally abusive to me. That's not in the checkbox. Yeah. So it, you, it's hard to have all of those, but you know, a divorce is one of them. Having your parents divorce, having a parent with mental illness, having a, you know, a parent die or be incarcerated, um, you know, poverty. So all of these, when you are, when you are little, so this, when you're little from zero to seven, you're very impressionable, right? And so everything's a sponge. You're, the child is just learning, growing, and anything that, you know, the parent says, oh, you're beautiful. Okay, I'll take that as a program. I'll take that as a belief. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these different experiences, your brain is just soaking up and taking them as reality. When you're younger, you're in a theta brain state. And so you're just absorbing all of these things. Some of them good, some of them not so helpful. And also, you know, maybe, um, you know, going, so, so that stage, what's happened to you, you know, from, you know, in utero, from the third trimester to seven, you're super impressionable and you're taking it all in. And then of course, later on in life, you are still experiencing, you know, major life events and meeting people that are very impressionable or are different things uh, that affect your viewpoint of yourself and, and the world around you. And, and you continue to accept this as truth. Yeah. So for example, you know, having that trauma in, in Mexico really shattered my reality um, in many ways. And one of them was, you know, physical safety. Yes. You know, and so my body didn't, I didn't, I didn't really feel safe. And I could intellectually tell myself, you're safe, Allison, the chances of, you know, this happening to you again or whatever, but my nervous system, that imprinted my nervous system. Also, I want to share that I had two and a half years of orthopedic surgery and rehab. And for me, multiple surgeries and being in a hospital and going through all of that, that's, that is painful. It's trauma too. Right. So that is trauma. So it's not just the one incident, guys. It's also how it's handled afterwards. Yes. So also, you know, how people, um, how people treat you after your trauma, you know, um, and, you know, for someone who's experienced and, and here's the thing is most people have great intentions and most people aren't trauma informed. So I had you know, I've, I had doctors, I had therapists who 
probably would have benefited from trauma-informed training because when you are when you are vulnerable like that, you know, you're very impressionable. So, um, you know, most professionals aren't trauma-informed. Most individuals, even if they mean well, aren't trauma-informed. And so what does this mean is, is that, you know, after my, after my trauma in Mexico, you know, I got, I got victim blamed, you know, people were like, oh, you know, she was, you know, out, she was drinking on spring break Uh, or, you know, I got blamed, I got shamed, you know, um, I, you know, I wasn't, you know, I had all of that. And so those are also, so are, you know, also like, I don't know, I was even, uh, it was like last year I was, I was doing just, um, a, a ceremony with someone else and I shared my story and it was funny because this woman was like, oh, well, you know, now you know not to go walk on your by yourself. Oh. You know, so there's so much victim blaming, you know, yeah. in our society. And it's really because people, and so I was amazed at this phenomenon when I was younger. I was like, wow. The thing is, is that, you know, it was traumatic for my community that that happens because, you know, if it could happen to me, it could happen to anyone. And so what happens is our ego and our, you know, the just world hypothesis, you know, if you are good, you know, good things happen to good people. And if something bad happens, it's because you did something wrong that helps preserve their ego that they're not vulnerable. So, um, but going back to the trauma is, you know, and I work with people that don't identify as trauma survivors. Um, and, and it's interesting because, you know, some people are trauma survivors and they don't know it. Yeah. So, for example, growing up with alcoholic parents, being, being as a young kid, being ignored, having to take care of your dad who's drunk, having to put him to bed, not being not having your needs met emotionally being neglected or being emotionally yelled at all the time. Um, that's trauma. However, you know, I have clients that are like, Oh no, that didn't, you know, I'm, I had a great childhood. And then you dig a little bit deeper and you know, um, there was some trauma and guess what? Also, also parents, you know, you can have the most well-intentioned parents, but, um, you know, you know, like my parents, they had a child that had cancer and was super sick. And so a lot of the attention went to her. And so as a little being, when I was little, like my reality was, you know, my needs are second, Mm -hmm. you know, like my needs don't matter. I can't bother my parents. I can't, Ash, you know, my sister deserves it. So how does that manifest as an adult of me just feeling, you know, for some reason hard to um, not feeling worthy, you know, and, and, and into, or like, you know, I had, you know, so there's all of these, our story, one of my favorite uh, medical intuitives is Carolyn uh, Miss. Oh, I've read her books. She's awesome. So she says, you know, your, your biography becomes your biology and, and our bodies are subconscious minds. So, um, 
our body knows how to heal. However, our programming when we're younger affects our nervous system. Our, the messages we got as a little person, you know, oh, you know, from Disney. Hey, we get programmed from Disney. We get programmed from our teachers, our family culture. You know, as when you're in our family, there's rules on how you treat people, the power dynamics, how people communicate. Kids learn through observing on how the world works. Mm -hmm. So everyone has different programming and different experiences. And what happens is, is that when we're little, we think everyone has a life like us. Like that's normal. Like, for example, my normal when I was younger was going to see my sister in the hospital. My normal was I went to like 10 or 15 kids funerals before I was 15 because I, I was in my sister had cancer and her friends died or friends died. That was normal to me. Um, and so we bring these experiences into the outside world. And so how does this affect us as adults? How does this affect our self-concept? How does this affect our ability to self-actualize, to live the life we want? And it, and it definitely does. Okay. So Allison, this is why you have some people who end up being like people pleasers and all of that, like all of that is like unresolved trauma oh, right exactly like, and programming and, and programming. here's the thing here's the thing i don't want to demonize our survival skills right. right um you know our survival skills and i want to share with your um with your audience and educate with them is that when you go into a stress response um it doesn't ask for your permission it is a reflex so for example um you know when i was dealing with chronic PTSD, it's not like, oh, hey, you know, I don't want to, I'm going to have a panic attack right about now. You know, it is an unconscious reflex and it's a protective mechanism and that can be extremely frustrating. And so with these, and so we all have these survival things. It's just not people who've been in life threatening situations. Um, so, you know, like there's the fight, you know, flee, uh, fawn, which is people pleasing and freeze. So, um, and these are all in, you can see these in all mammals. So these are the primitive aspects of our brain. And so when our survival, so that's physical, mental, emotional, financial is that threat, then these things come up. And so taking like the, the, you know, people pleaser, with women, that is more prominent because as women, we were also programmed differently than men, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, like, oh, be a nice girl, um, you yep. know, smile, you know, all of these different cultural programs of how to behave. And also, you know, maybe, um, you know, also like with the fawn response, a lot of, well, a lot of empaths, I find, because um, I work with a lot of empaths and if for your viewers who don't know what empaths are, um, it's just highly intuitive, sensitive beings. And, um, some people regard this as like a spiritual gift. There's a lot of healers. I, I definitely was born before, before my, all of my trauma. Um, I was very sensitive and intuitive from the get go. So I feel like there's a genetic, also a soul aspect to it. However, 
if you're in an environment when you're younger and the only way to get your emotional or physical needs met is to maybe caretake for your parents or to be nice, um, then your authentic self is going to go offline and you're going to do what you need to do to get what you need. Mm. And some people, you know, have the fight. Some people have the flee. Um, you know, some people just disassociate, you know, a lot of, a lot of clients who've had surgeries or if you had major physical trauma or sexual trauma, um, just disassociate from their body. And, and what do you mean by present. that? Do you mean like addictions and things like that? So even like, it's really interesting. Um, disassociation is just kind of when you, I, I mean, my near death experience of completely getting out of my body is a, is it is a very big form of dissociation. So there is a like, so if um, some people are disassociating and they don't even know. So if you see someone who's, who's spiraling, who's really upset, or maybe they're overthinking, um, they're kind of not connected to their body. Also people who just kind of zone out, that's a form of disassociation. So, so we all kind of disassociate a little bit when we kind of like zone out, but the disassociation, um, if someone has had, um, you know, repeated sexual trauma, um, and they couldn't fight back, they just kind of like, you know, float up, disassociate, aren't there. And, um, you know, to endure what happened. And I'll give you an example. Like when I was going through all of my major surgeries for those two and a half years, I, when I was having major pain, I was, intentionally disassociating. I was like, I'm over here. I don't feel anything. So part of my survival. And so I want to share with that some of our survival strategies when we're younger, or maybe different areas of our life worked for us then, but they left an imprint. And then as we move through life, they're kind of not working for us anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Constantly disassociating worked for me to survive all of the major pain of orthopedic surgeries, but it it's not a good way of being, you know, living a full embodied, healthy, happy life if I'm if I'm not connected to myself. So then that would include people who are alcoholics or drug abusers or that's a form of disassociation from the trauma or could be, yep. right? A numbing, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's, numbing it, right? So I have to go back to something that you said because you were talking about your um, sister mm -hmm. having cancer. So my daughter had cancer when she was five. And my son, <clears throat> and see, you, when you said something, it invoked such emotion in me. Yeah. Like major. And I wonder, is that trauma? Because... My daughter and I, when she was five, my son was nine. He, you know, he witnessed me going to the hospital with her all the time and me leaving. And, and I know I've interviewed other experts like Mark Wolin, you know, on generational trauma, family trauma, and you touched on it right there. And I got teary and I, I think, yeah. oh my God, like, I wonder if my son, He's now 21 and my daughter is 17. So they're both healthy and well. But does he have trauma from what he witnessed as a child? Yeah. So, and, and then me too, because 
it invoked so much emotion in me when you were talking about that, that I'm like, is that my own unresolved trauma as a mom? Well, and it's grief too. I mean, and here's the thing is, is that, you know, also there's post, I want to also tell your viewers also there's post-traumatic growth, you know, there are some major hurdles from adverse effects, but then there's also a, a lot of other aspects that also can come into play. Um, but yeah, like with your, with your son and with your, you know, with your daughter, our early life experiences really impress onto us. And so for example, how does that manifest? Some people, it doesn't, a lot of, sometimes people, I have a lot of people that, you know, they went through a lot of trauma and they were functioning great. And then at like 40 or like 38, everything just like shit hits the fan. Like, um, you know, like their body breaks down, there's something. And, and, and so here's the thing is, is that we're meant to survive. We're meant to keeping going on. The thing is, is that in our society and just in our family cultures, like there is no, there is no teaching or guidance of how to process emotions. How do, I mean, just fundamental naming emotions and digesting them. And then also really how to process them. And here's the standard of care, like of, of you go to the therapist and you get some therapy. And so here's my, the thing is, is, is that, um, if something, you know, your, your therapy is a cognitive process. That is, um, that is an intellectual cognitive thing. Most trauma is emotional and somatic. And so you cannot heal. And there's been pretty good research coming out. You cannot heal through talk therapy alone from, you know, major trauma. I've heard that. And, and you have to have, you know, because here's the thing is, is that, if I'm, if, if your, if your survival systems go up, this is, this is not, your brain can't talk it down, mm-hmm. right? Like it can, but you know, your survival as, as human beings, like is, 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 is very important. <laughs> so, you know, if you have trauma that affects what you perceive as threatening or not, um, and also it affects how you perceive yourself. So, you know, someone who's not had trauma is like, oh, the world's safe and they don't have anxiety about crossing the street. Well, you know, I, I had anxiety a long time with crossing the street because like my brain's like, uh-oh, the last time there was a time, you know, there's memories. Yes. And so the thing is, is that a lot of times, you know, in our culture, it's like, oh, get over something. And here's the thing is my hope for society and for healing, um, you know, our communities, our friends is, you know, um, you know, your daughter having that changes you, it changes your perspective and there's a way to, you know, completely integrate it. Right. You know, to the point where, Um, you know, you feel aligned, you feel, um, it's not coming out in any other way. Right. Because unprocessed grief, I, I don't have a study yet, but unprocessed grief causes a lot of physical issues, you know, um, 
unprocessed emotions causes causes pain. Um, so, you know, the hope is, is that I'm never going to get over what happened to me. It is a part of me. It's, yes. it's part of my, it's, it's, it's a part of who I am. It shaped me. However, you know, I, I deserve, and also I, I believe that people deserve to live a pain-free life and that's pain-free emotionally, pain-free physically. And, and um, and anything's possible, right? Like, I mean, it took me 10 years to get physically pain-free, but it, it happened. And so um, I really am, am an optimist um, with healing and with pain. And like, I, I know people can heal. I think sometimes just people give up too easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they don't have enough resources. Resources comes in, unfortunately you know? Yeah. And there's, there's different ways of healing, right? Like we started to talk about this. So we talked about somatic healing, theta healing. You touched on the theta when you're a child until Mm -hmm. you're what, age seven, you're mostly in that theta state. So then there's, then there's EMDR. Then there's shadow work, which is like a big thing now right so maybe so kind of like how does like how, i mean it, it can be overwhelming it is you know to to i mean part of the part of the thing is is that we have so much information and people are cons- what the number one block is for people i see nowadays and this is different from you know when in 99 like when i had my event there is nothing ar- about this stuff Um, but there's so much information, so many different modalities, all of these things, and it's very overwhelming. And it's like, people are like information overload, you know, or they try one thing and then they'll jump practitioners or they'll like, Oh, I'll try this, this, and this. And there's not a plan to it. And one of, one of my ways, like one of the things that I do with clients is because I've, I've helped a lot of people heal on a lot of levels and I've, and I've done it myself is really help people focus on what to, what to do, what not to do, um, what is too much, you know, um, you know, and really like create goals in your healing. Um, because sometimes people, you know, there's so many different things and they're, and it's, and it's really disorganized. But so for example, um, I do, I primarily, I'm, I'm trauma informed. So I teach um, and practice theta healing, and um, with my clients, I always bring in the trauma-informed aspect to it because it's it's where I came from, and um, and so with this with theta healing is is that you can get we all go into theta, um, you know when we're um, you know that's the that's the brain frequency of you know when you are hypnotized that's what the brain frequency we go into in theta healing so it kind of gets you it gets you in a receptive state yes um so you can receive you know where you can receive things and um and so you can even you know go on youtube and get yourself in a receptive state um and and so when you're in theta you're more receptive the healing happens and, um, and with theta healing, uh, the person who developed it, Viana, 
uh, they tracked this and they saw that, you know, when people were in theta, healing happened quicker. And then when there's a really deep healing, you know, it went like into delta and then went back up into theta. So, um, so with theta healing, what appealed with theta healing to me, A, it worked. Like, I'm from the Midwest. Like, I'm from, you know, Missouri. And I'm like, hey, whatever works, you know, I'm in, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of people in, you know, I come from a family of MDs and then I was trained in alternative medicine and people get on their egos about, you know, whatever. And I'm just kind of neutral and I'm like, whatever works for that person, whatever diet, whatever technique and go with what works. Mm-hmm. So, um, I lost my track. So theta, um, you were, you were, you were so saying with theta. With theta. So, so, with, so with theta is, is that, um, we get in, I bring a person into meditation. I scan them. Um, so what is, but you're like, a medical is, intuitive as well, right? Is that yeah, what you mean yeah. by scanning them? Yes. Okay. So a medical intuitive. So I've always, I've always been an intuitive since I was younger and, um, I've always felt people's pain and felt certain things. So for example, um, you know, when I was in massage therapy training, I would be like connecting to, you know, my client and I would have anxiety and I would, I was like, my shoulder hurts. And I was like, or I'd feel nauseous and I'd tell this to, you know, my client and they'd be like, how did you know that? Mm. So, um, I can, when I tune into someone's energy, I scan their energy. I see, or I feel things of what's going on and also hear different, um, like what's the root of what's going on. And so, you know, part of my skill set is doing that and really finding what is the root, you know, belief or issue that is causing something. Um, so for example, like, um, you know, I'll scan, Oh, here's, here's like a very obvious example of how this operates with me. Um, and I can't really turn it off. Um, it just is on. And, um, so when I was an acupuncturist at an integrative center, um, I had a client come in and she was like in her eighties and I was like, so how are you doing? And she's like, I'm great. And I turned to get my uh, clipboard and I had this stabbing pain in my heart and I almost fell over. And I like had to like take a second and, and take a deep breath. And I looked at her and I go, what happened this weekend? Oh, I was like, I was like, my heart is hurting so bad. And this woman just started crying. She goes, I just put my dog down of sex 16 years. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, but she didn't tell me, but here's the thing is, is that we're all, you know, we're, we, we all on a, on an unconscious level are scanning people and reading people, you know, it's it's within us. Um, however, we've been trained to kind of like, I don't know, that's not real, you know, that type of thing, but you know, we have that in us and, um, certain people have more of that tendency and so how does, how, how does this work in my, in my healing work and the theta healing work is, is that, you know, there are certain traumas or certain beliefs that you have about yourself 
that are in your body. And once we heal it and clear it, then it affects your, your self-perception, your biology. So, um, how do you clear so for it, example, Allison? like a belief, you know, one of the things that you know, people struggle with is self-love. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Um, and this goes into the emotional, your emotional reality. If, and you know, if you, if you read a self-help book, that's your conscious brain reading it. So here's the thing is, is that that really doesn't affect your subconscious. Um, you have to, um, that's your conscious brain. So it's like, if it was all about intellect and consciously understanding ourselves, everyone would be healed after reading a self-help book. Right. Absolutely. Right. So if it was really about understanding or the, I always tell my students intellectual understanding, I think it helps. Like it helps to understand trauma intellectually. It helps to understand, you know, all of these things, but the things that drive us are really deep programs that we've experienced. And, um, and you can, you can shift your subconscious programming as an adult through, you know, self-hypnosis, through repetition, mm-hmm. um, through, you know, your subconscious is your habit mind. Yes. And, and so if you, if you were young and you were told you can never do anything or you're stupid, you know, and that was programmed into you through school and your family, you're going to believe that. And, mm-hmm. and here's where, you know, spirit, the manifestation, everyone's like, Oh, manifest your highest reality. Well, if that, if that little kid accepted that program, where do you think he's going to go? You know, probably not finish school, you know? So it's, it's your subconscious, your programs that you accept as, as truth you manifest in your life. So let me ask you this. Cause you said, you, you help somebody get into the theta state. So that's obviously through hypnosis, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of scan their bodies and then mm-hmm. you clear it out. But yes. How do you clear it out? We should, um, I was like, we should do another video where we, <laughs> if you want, we can do a session. I yeah. Think that'd be cool. That would be so cool. Cause I'm like, what do you feel you for me, to, Allison? Yeah, like, what do you I feel? Think, I think we should schedule another one where we actually do the thing. Yeah, um, you know, that would be cool. You know, like we can talk about healing, but doing the work and doing the healing work is a different thing. Totally. And um, reading about healing is one thing. Experiencing healing is another. I you know, agree. usually reading or hearing about it, then we'll attract you to go deeper. So I think we need to do okay. the healing okay. if you want to do that. I, I would totally um, go there. I'm always because, yeah. yeah. Um. So what happens is, is, you know, how do we know what our subconscious programming is, right? Because if you think about it, what does subconscious mean? It's below your awareness. So you're like, Dr. Allison, how do you know what my subconscious programming is? Well, first I'm an intuitive and that's, you know, I'm, uh, it's my, it's my job to know. Yeah. And also it's your, your body. So, um, you know, you can think intellectually or on a cognitive level, you know, I love myself, but if you say that, and there's a part of you that's like, I don't really believe it, you know, your body knows what Mm. is true and what's not. And so how we test this in energy psychology is doing, um, 
uh, muscle testing. Okay. So I use the sway test. And so you find your yes, you find your yeah. no. And, and then you're, you say on, you know, in beta healing on all levels, I love myself and most people it's a no. So in theta healing, there's four different levels. So there's the core level, which is this lifetime. So it's this, the programs, it's your genetic level, which is seven generations back. So all of the beliefs, all of the memories from your generations You have your history level, which is collective consciousness, or if you believe in past lives, past lives are there. And then there's um, the soul level. So the soul level is, you know, your soul came on into earth and incarnated to learn. So there's, it goes, theta healing goes beyond this lifetime. Just this lifetime is just one fourth of what we deal with. Um, And the thing is, is that, you know, generational trauma there's new studies with through epigenetics and the hormones of stress it can turn on and off genes and if you're if your family went through a lot of stress there can turn on and off genes yes and so this type of thing that is actually you know some people back when i was doing energy healing and intuitive things like in 99 after my um near death experience uh, um, near death, um, experience, people are like, wow, she's out there, but it's really amazing because all of this is really, um, there are studies that back it up. And so really what has happened. And also, if you think about it, your family, your, your family has a story, Yes, you know, your family has beliefs. My family's beliefs are different than your family's beliefs. So I was exposed to different things you know, about money, about life. Yeah. Some people are like, life is horrible or life is a struggle. Um, you know, maybe, you know, your, your, um, and also how your family survived, um, is locked in the memory. Yes. So, so you can have, um, you know, some of the, the beliefs you can have is it has nothing to do. It's just with your, the generational trauma. Yeah. You so what I like about theta healing is is that we can test a belief we can do a healing on it so i'm in in theta healing and a theta healing session we're talking a little bit but it's it's it we're more doing the healing work Mm. and um so we we clear a belief we send healing we download a different program we see it energetically integrate and then we retest so um with that is so, and, and with, with some of my, um, some of my very intuitive clients, we don't even need to muscle test. Um, cause I usually, I can sense if something lands or if something integrates. Um, but the muscle testing is really empowering for people to do because guess what? Your body has an intelligence. I agree. Your body, your body knows how to heal and your body carries all of the programs and all the experiences within its memory. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, the body knows the truth and, you know, there's some trauma books. It's like, you know, the body, the body doesn't lie. It holds the wisdom. Yes. It holds your emotional reality. And here's the thing is, is that unprocessed trauma left untreated will manifest in your life. So many people don't see the correlation between their subconscious programming and trauma when they're younger and 
their adult, I call it your childhood trauma becomes your adult drama. Mm. Um, so they don't see how, how their perception, their beliefs then create their reality. And then they're like, Oh wait, I chose a partner that was like my abusive father or my neglectful mother or, um, you know, why don't I, you know, why do I have this anxiety? Um, you know, and I don't know, I don't know why I have this anxiety. I just have this anxiety. Um, well, let's, let's see what programs. And so at a literal level, some people with anxiety don't know what it feels like to feel safe mm-hmm. or they have a fear of the future. And so you can tell yourself, and I think affirmations are great. Um, but theta healing and that, and I encourage clients to do that, but also doing the deeper healing work on what created the anxiety, healing it and transforming it. So, re- you know, really going from coping with having an issue to really resolving it. Okay. So there's a question right there because it's just like, you know, you have scars that they oh, yeah. they yeah, do right you've i'm sure you've got some good ones but guess what Allison they're still there right they yeah. faded they've kind of and and that's one of the things that i always think i'm like okay do we ever really eradicate yeah. the trauma from our bodies or do we just learn how to cope with it or you know heal like you hear so many terms about trauma yeah yeah, and here's the thing is, is that we have to define for ourselves what healing looks like, right? And it's different for different people. And here's the thing is, is that I see a lot of people put limits, you know, on themselves with what they heal. And here's the thing, if you don't believe it, if your emotional self doesn't believe it, it's not going to happen. So luckily, I was a rebellious teenager, and I had that near-death experience, which put this ridiculous amount of, you know faith and belief and intuitive knowing that anything is possible. And so when my orthopedic doctor said, there's no way you're going to run again, there's no way you're going to live without pain. I was like, he doesn't know anything, Mm. you know, but listen to this. If I didn't have those experiences and I came from a family that, you know, I, I was like, Oh, doctors are God or they know everything, I would have accepted that program. And guess what? Do you think I would have done any of the healing work to heal myself? So do you see how the belief that you can heal actually creates the pathway to healing? Yes. If you don't think that you're ever, so that's where, and, and so I had this innate knowing that, and I, cause I felt it. I felt it when I was out of my body. I felt it in my dreams. I knew it was going to come. Um, and so a lot of people are, accept the limiting beliefs of, of the people around them or of their doctors, of their providers. And that creates an unconscious, you know, like whether they accept it or reject it, you know, you can, if someone says you can't do that, you might be like, well, that's right. Okay. I won't try. I mean, I kind of was a little rebel when I was a teenager. I was like, oh, watch me, you know, I'll do it. And so, and so, um, our beliefs of what we accept as true really shifts, um, you know, what we think is possible. I agree. Yes. Limiting beliefs are a huge piece of everybody's programming, right? 
Yeah. And I think, and I think, you know, this, this is just not in healing. This is in everything. And here's the thing is, is that all that you know is what you've been through. So if you are conditioned and you grew up in a chaotic environment or passive aggressive environment um, or an environment where, you know, there was not good, you know, not love, then you'll probably create, you know, a relationship that reflects your programming. Um, unless there's some intervention or some conscious healing that happens. So I get a lot of women who are like, how did I, you know, marry a narcissist and accept all of this abusive behavior and they have shame around it. And my part of my job as a healer is, is to deconstruct shame because guess what? Shame is a, is, is a toxic habit that our, that, uh, the collective uses that we yes. use against people. Yes. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, not a good thing. And we cannot shame ourselves. We can't shame others into healing or changing. Um, and it's, it's the, actually the opposite energy of healing and shame really stops healing because people just feel that they're wrong, that there's something inherently wrong. And that goes back to maybe when this person was a kid and they had feelings or they had things and they got punished for maybe having feelings or punished for crying. You know, what did that kid learn? Is it safe to show emotion? Hell no. So what do you think the kid's going to do? Repress their emotions. How do you think that's going to, how is that going to work? How is that going to manifest in, in their life? Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people... Um, become rageaholics or some people then become doormats and are people pleasers. You know, let's the deconstruct the, the, the people pleasing thing is, you know, the fear of disappointing others. Yeah. I also find with, cause I work with a lot of healers and train them and mentor them. And a lot of times we unconsciously, um, you know, try to provide what we, we don't have. Right. So um, I had, a, I had, a a psychologist, um, and we did some healing work and we did a lot of, she had a lot of trauma, a lot of grief. And once we did a lot of her, um, her, um, relief, her, her trauma work and grief work, her whole perspective shifted. And she's like, you know what? Like I was driven cause I was trying to save people. You know, I was trying to heal people. And so unconsciously she was trying to help people at, you know, just constantly heal people in an unconscious reflex. So she can like, be like, oh, well, someone was there for her because she was so emotionally abandoned. So it's interesting how it weaves through, you know, through, um, through our life so and how that manifests. So once we did all of that grief work, she's like, Allison, I, I'm kind of done. Like, like, she's like, wow, I didn't realize me being unhealed was motivating me to like overwork, try to save people. Yes. Right. And so it's like, once she turned inward and did the grief work and did the healing work, then her motivations and her perspective of herself and her life and her preferences change. Yeah. And, and I think that is why some people don't do the healing work because 
because you know there's a change on the other side and our brain you know we're in a human body our brain doesn't you know it likes the familiar our brain fears the unknown um but we can heal that and we can you know you can program yourself to embrace change and to and to feel safe to grow um yeah i mean holy you know, when you bring up all these things, you know, it makes me look at myself and go, hmm, I have some work to do, Allison. You well, know, and like. And, and here's, yeah, and here's the thing is, is that, you know, until we're, um, you know, I always say it's a healing journey because yes, there are benchmarks in healing. Like for me that I have clients and, you know, like uh, not having panic attacks is, is a, is a therapeutic goal. Um, being, um, around, um, you know, not being triggered by their ex is, is a therapeutic goal. And we can like mark that off because we can assess after a certain amount of feelings. And at the same time, like we're always growing and evolving. So healing comes in as like a healing evolving, you know, journey. And, and I say, you know, like, I'll be healing and, you know, healing things, you know, until, you know, till I die. Cause I'm learning and growing at the same time. Like when my physical pain stopped, that was, I met that goal. Yeah. You know, Check. so there's definite benchmarks and like things, but at the same time, like healing becomes a lifestyle and with theta healing, you can use it for, you know, illness, disease, people who are traumatized. But then I also work with um, CEOs, women CEOs, who want to expand in their business or who are highly successful people. Um, and but maybe they have relationship stuff. Also, guys, there is there is a when I say a trauma survivor, I don't know what comes up in people's heads, but you know, a lot of highly successful people have that. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, diving into your work is, is a way to kind of distract yourself. So let me ask you this question. Can you do it on yourself once you learn it? You can. Yes. So I train, I love training people. Here's the thing is, is that I'm all about self-healing and, um, there are certain things that, you know, the big things Sometimes it takes an outside person and support, you know, to heal. Um, But, you know, if I have something going on and I notice something or, you know, some fear coming up, I can tune in and I can heal it. And, but I also have someone that's outside of me that is, you know, it's like, it's kind of a funny phenomenon. We can really know ourselves. And sometimes it takes someone from the outside to really see a clear picture because our subconscious, it's hard to see sometimes your own blind spots, right? Totally. And so sometimes the value of having a healer is that they know you, they know your programs, and also they can see because it's not, they're not in the thick of the forest, you know, they can see it for what it is, but it is, it is a technique that you can, you know, you know, heal certain, certain pain, or you can do it and create, you know, healing your limiting beliefs about, you know, the money you make or, you know, what you think of yourself. 
um, or even the types of relationships, right? You, you can, you can really expand yourself. I almost think like for the, (laughs) this is just my way of thinking for the really big ones that are deep rooted, you know, like the childhood stuff, the generational stuff, like find somebody who can kind of help you get through all that muddiness, (laughs) I'd say. Yeah, it is. And, and here's the thing is, is that also, let me just share this. If we have been gaslit, if we have been shamed, um, part of, part of the therapeutic process, and this is, this is in theta healing, but it's in just in healing in general is validation and witnessing. Right. And, and, and just, and that is huge, you know, for people uh, to be, to be validated for their story, to be witnessed in a loving environment, you know, like a non-judgmental environment. Um, and that is, and that environment like creates healing, mm-hmm. you know, love, compassion, all of that. Um, so, you know, just part of it, but yeah, I think, you know, a lot of the deeper programs, it's great to have support, you know? Um, and, and I've, I've definitely have support, have been supported in my healing journey. Um, and also I'd like to say that the most important person on your healing journey is you is also your connection to you is your commitment to you and your belief in you. And if you don't have that, then that can be healed. Right. And what happens is, is that what happens is, is that people start to identify with these programs and create an identity around it. Right. You know, I'm this, I'm that, you know, okay, you are, um, but you can change. Right. But what, so I'll just share an example of, um, I, one of my um, adult clients, uh, her daughter, she's like, do you work with kids? And I was like, yeah, kids are easy to heal. Why, why, why are kids easy to heal? They're open. They haven't practiced, you know, these habits or these stories or these identities up until like, you know, you're 40, 50, 60, you know? So it's, it's right around, you know, it's easier to heal in that time. What about teenagers, Allison? Oh yeah. I can, yeah. Teenagers are good really? too. Cause you know, teenagers can be really if rigid <laughs> if they're, if they're open to it. Right. Exactly. I was just going to so, say and that's the thing is, is that you can't, and like, I'm sure you're, you know, you can't force someone to heal. No. Right. No, no. You know, they have to, they have to come from it themselves and they have to hit to the point where, you know, we can encourage people to heal, but it's really ultimately up to the person. Totally. Um, but with, with this kid, um, she had refused to go to school and, and her mom was like, uh, she's refusing to go to school. And so I worked with her like several, like three times within a week. And she just, you know, she was a kid and she put a lot of pressure on herself and all of these things. And she was afraid of the teacher. So we did theta healing and after three days, she's like, okay, I'll go back to school. So we just cleared a lot of the things that she had created different beliefs about herself. You know, I'm smart. She didn't believe that. So we cleared that we downloaded. She's smart. You know, it's safe for her to be smart. And then uh, she had some stuff, some stuff with her teacher. She didn't like her teacher. We healed that. 
And uh, her mom texted me uh, the next week and she's like, oh my God, her teacher called me and was like, this is a new child. What happened? That's amazing. So it's really, really powerful. And, um, and it's, and we're just such complex, multidimensional beings. And, you know, we have such an innate power to heal. And what blocks that is our traumas, our beliefs about ourselves, about others. And so the solution is to clear and reprogram. Yes. And with my clients, um, we clear the energetic, the beliefs, and the body follows, right? Um, and and also, like, a lot of, you know, some people, I, like, I got a, I have a knee, my left knee, um, it's, uh, it was not from my uh, initial injury. I slipped in yoga, um, and then I got a stem cell um, injection. It went septic, and it, and it, and it wore down my cartilage. So that was another adventure. Oh, crap. Um, but what, so I'm a candidate for a knee replacement. Um, and, but I did all of this theta healing on me and I literally have bone on bone. Um, but I'm able now I don't have the range of motion like I used to before, but I have zero pain. And so, you know, most people would be, well, that's not possible. You don't have cartilage. How do you not have pain? And I was like, I don't have pain. And so I did a ton of healing on myself and with another healer on this. And there was a lot of emotional trauma with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it kind of like defies, you know, the reality, like, okay, like it's common knowledge. If you don't have cartilage, then you'll probably be in pain. But I'm like, no, I'm not. So, you know, our, how we emotional pain and how it gets stored in our body is super powerful. And a lot of, you know, you know, in my background with Chinese medicine, they, Chinese medicine is rooted that our organs and our emotions, um, are in our environment are tightly connected. There's Mm -hmm. no disconnecting our physical from our mental, from our emote, from our environment. Yeah. There is, there, one of the lies that we believe, one of the lies that we've been told is that the mind and the body are separate. And that's not true. And that's actually been um, proven wrong by, you know, our thoughts have, our thoughts have um, chemicals that go on. Our stress response, sorry for that dinging. um, It's your warning bell. I know you have another meeting. Um, um, our, 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 our thoughts have, there's a chemical cascade with that. Our feelings do. Our feelings affect our nervous system, yes. affect our perception. So this whole paradigm from allopathic medicine that the gut is, that, that the heart is separated from the gut that's just for clinical purposes, but it's actually seeped into the consciousness of America where, you know, we think that nothing's connected yes. and science now in functional medicine, as you know, our brain, our gut, you know, our emotions, how we think about ourselves and, and how we feel. Um, so it's all interconnected and, um, and everything affects everything. Yes. I, I, 
I couldn't agree with you more. Like everything that you're talking about resonates with me personally very much. So I read Carolyn Miss at least. I a, love her. Yeah, at least a decade ago, and then I had to read her about her again when I went back to college for holistic nutrition, and. I'm fascinated with, and and actually Gabor Mate as well. Oh, I love him. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I know you have to go. So maybe summarize a little bit about where somebody can find you, what they can do, just to kind of get started on this whole journey of healing their trauma. So um, my website is www.drsnowden.com. I'm on Instagram, Dr. Allison Snowden. I also have a Awakening Institute um, website as well, and I'll send those to you. And um, I work one-on-one with clients, and I also do trainings. And a lot of people, I get um, a question, what should I do first? And I say, listen to yourself. Um, Many of my my students become my clients and vice versa. Um, so I'm always doing uh, theta healing training. Theta healing training is a curriculum. So it's an in sequence. And so you have to, I invite people if they really want to get a taste of this for their own healing. So I have a lot of people doing it for their own healing. And I also have this, have professional healers, doctors, chiropractors, psychologists in my trainings too. Um, to take the first four classes. So they're weekend classes. Um, And I just want to um, just invite your viewers to send me a comment um, on Instagram, on, you know, anything that, you know, spoke to them, anything that they want to know more about. Um, I'm always there um, to answer people's questions. And also, um, I also have a consult that people can fill out the paperwork, and then we can talk uh, to see if if what they're dealing with um, is something that I can work with. And I work from anything from trauma to people who are CEOs and high performers who want to expand because uh, this work, um, this technique works for all of that. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I really love chatting with you today. We had so much fun. We could probably go on for like hours. I agree. I agree. Thank you. Also, um, yeah. And also, if you want to, um, we could do um, like, because I I think when we talk about theta healing, people, I can describe it, but it kind of is kind of mystical. And it's really not mystical. It's very, um, very straightforward and very... um, you can feel it. And so I think it would be cool to, if you want to do like a, you know, like record a demo or, you know, if like what it's like, because, um, you know, like there's, there's just some people are like, what is this? And then I, you know, I think it's just fun to, to share that. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Great. Well, it was, it was such a pleasure And um, so great meeting you. You too, Allison. Thank you. Join me next week where I cover off more exciting topics. I hope to continue to engage you 
and excite you and show you that living in your 40s, 50s, and beyond can be exciting, balanced, and helpful. Bye for now.